617-704-6820. Once again, the phone call is being recorded. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. Joe, you there? I'm here. All right. Sonny, you there? All right. Sonny, you got to put your, you got, I got to be able to hear you. Either turn that volume up so I can hear you or you got to get out your bedroom voice. Hang on. I know, right? I got the girl six voice. Hold on. Let me get my um headphones. <laughs> Not the girl six. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I'm already. I'm already recording, so it's raw. Well, what's up? Uh, it's raw and uncut. We're back, baby. It's Royal Falls, Boston. We got Aria Day in the building. Sunny day. On a special, special, special guest this evening, Mr. Joseph Two Bennett. Joey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> you know how I start out. Um, and so, Joey, 
and you kind of uh, plug the hole as to how that uh, case affected your life and, you know, what the current status of your situation is right now. Oh, most definitely. I never talked about this, so you're definitely getting an exclusive, and I'm going to keep it 100, uh, as I always do. So this is the first time I'm actually speaking about it. I was doing it for my documentary, but, you know, that was interrupted by my incarceration. So, um, manhunt is the right word to use because it was a manhunt. Like, and when I say a manhunt, they stopped that. No, like they had no boundaries. They was not. They was not playing fair. They they locked up people. They arrested people. They tracked down people. They kicked in people's doors. They made people's lives miserable in missionary projects. I was fifteen at the time, so I was just coming into my own. Just you know, being out in the streets, learning the streets. Um, my uncle, being who he was, he was infamous. You know, the police disliked him. So once that they they said that it was a black man. They locked up every black man in Mission Hill. They tried to arrest every black man until they could find somebody. They needed to depend on somebody. You know, all along, the white dude was the one who did it. So um, I'm going to give you a quick thing. There was a situation where two dudes came into my house. They claimed that they was at my house. One of them, you know, was a cool friend of mine. The other one I didn't even have any association with. Um, Went and told the police that me and my uncle told them we did it specifically said that I told them that my uncle did it, um, which was my uncle shot these people. So when they zeroed in on that, they, you know, to the police, it made sense. Willie Bennett, hell yeah, hell yeah. He shoots at the police. He, he has no regard for any type of life, you know. Um, they started, they arrested one dude and put the wrong picture up and said that was Willie Bennett, which wasn't my uncle, it was a whole other guy that they found. They raided all our houses, every Bennett family in the house. I mean, my aunts, I had two aunts that lived around there. My grandmother lived around there. My mother lived around there. They claimed they had found the black and red sweatsuit that they were looking for. Uh, these kids had went to the police. They went to the police and said, yeah, I was just at Toots' house when his uncle came in with the silver gun and he showed us the gun and he told the police, he told us that he, his uncle did it. And that was their reason, that was their probable cause to get a search warrant to, to destroy everything in my house. Let me make this clear to y'all, my grandmother died because of that Stewart case. They killed my grandmother over that case. My grandmother died at 63 years old. You know, she mm -hmm. was young. And how That's old were you, Joey? How old were you? I was 15. You were so 15 years had, old. Um, she had her son locked up for killing a lady and a baby and shooting a guy and her grandson locked up for accessory before and after the fact at 15 years old at 15 years old so thank god that i was raised and know that the police can intimidate people because i didn't allow them to intimidate me so like i said what they did was they found some crackheads from my neighborhood a lady by the name of um mary smith a lady by the name uh, Betty Jackson, her daughter Tony Jackson, um, a dude named Eric Whitney, another guy. I'm gonna leave his name. I'm gonna say that one for the documentary because he, you know, he wants that like he didn't do it. But thank God for um, paperwork. So I'll put that out there. Um, that guy was the main one. He went in there, told the police. Eric Whitney's mother was dating a police officer named Trent Holland. Her name was Melinda Whitney. She was dating a police officer named Trent Holland. Trent Holland was an investigating officer on this case. So they sat in Eric Whitney's mother's kitchen in Michelle Projects and came up with this thing that, oh, two told us that he did it. 
um, that his uncle did it, that he hit the gun. And next thing I know, our family simultaneously at 4 o'clock in the morning, every house that had a Bennett name to attached to it was raided. Like, they put every police officer and the Boston police and the federal police ATF in the city of Boston on this one case. If you wanted to do crime around that time, you could have got away with crime because everybody, every police officer was in Michelle Projects looking for this ghost of a man, Wooly Bennett. So when they raided all our houses, they didn't find nothing tied to that. Nothing tied to the Stewart case. Not one thing. But they had these people to go in there because there was a $25,000 reward back in 89. $25,000 cash was a lot of money for a lot yeah. of people. So you had crackheads saying, oh, I seen Wooly running through. I seen Wooly with a black sweatshirt. And then he had young dudes that were supposed to, allegedly my friends, saying, yeah, I was in the room when Wooly came in there and gave Tooth the gun. So it wasn't, it wasn't a hard sell for them. So when they got all that big information, they ran with that. They didn't do no investigation. They just ran with that. They locked my uncle up. They put my uncle in front of Charles Stewart. And he said, yes, that's the guy that killed my wife Christ. and shot me. <laughs> like, now, made a mockery. Now, Joe, so, can I ask you this? When they came for you, you specifically, were your parents there when they questioned you? I was you? living with my grandma. I was mm-hmm. living with my grandmother at the time. I was living with my grandmother and my aunt. And when they raided, when I say they came in there, like I've, I've been in a lot of situations where police come to my house and they always come this way ever, ever since that. I didn't see a goddamn police face. All I seen was guns, flashes, and black masks. Black mask. Black mask. So when they had the warrant to search our house, my aunt noticed this cop, Trent Collin, put something in the dress, the desk, the desk drawer in my room. That something was supposed to be cocaine. Now, at that time, I was a young dude. I didn't sell powder cocaine, so I knew that was a lie. I was just learning how to sell crack. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I knew that was bullshit. And my aunt's like, I just seen you put that there. Oh, no, that was already there. So that was their card to lock me up. I got locked up at 4 in the morning. I was at Area D, which was the homicide unit, from 4 in the morning to about 10 in the morning, no sleep, no nothing, just keep questioning me. I keep telling them, I never told nobody that my uncle killed this person. I never told nobody that my uncle killed this person. But did they question you in front of your grandmother or your aunt, is my question. Nobody. I was at the police station. I was by myself. At 15 years old. Under age, with no guardian, no parental guidance. I'm sorry. Nobody. Parents. Nobody. No other nobody. Person, no witness. Okay, no advocate. Nobody. Okay. Nobody. So, and they was trying to intimidate me. Like, they really was trying. They wanted me to confess that I told them uh, that my uncle did it, that I hit the gun. So much so that, you know, when I was a young dude, like, I, I, I liked guns at the time. So, one gun went off, they hit the wall. They tore my wall up looking for the bullet, thinking the bullet was the gun. There was a big hole in my wall in my bedroom with a bullet hole in it that they found and they tore that wall up and found a bullet. Then they try to say, oh, maybe this matches. It's a 38. So everything that they were saying was the guy said it was a silver gun. The kid said, he, I showed him a silver gun. You know, it was a whole bunch of stuff. So when they get me to the police station, they telling me what I said. Oh, you told them that. I said, I did not tell them that. I did not tell him that. 
this kid was never in my house. He doesn't even know what my house looked like. Why are you telling me that? So, um, I'm going to get to a point where all this is public information, so I don't have to hide nothing. No. Nope. Check, fact check it, whatever. Um, I happened to run into the kid, Eric Whitney, on a train one day. And, you know, me and my best friend who passed away, who, you know, my man Tweet, we wind up jumping him. At 15 years old, I didn't care. Like, you're not going to fucking lie on my family and put my family through this and think you're going to be walking around my project. So we wind up jumping him. I got charged with intimidation of a witness. Now mm -hmm. it really became, oh, he's trying to hide something. He's jumping on a witness. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I got arrested for that, for intimidation of a witness. My, like I said, Trent Hall, he's probably a captain or a superintendent right now. He might even be retired. So the, the, the investigating officer name was Billy Dunn. He knew the projects. He was pro patrolled our projects. He was a um, crooked cop. You know, he, he he used to be tricking off with all the drug addicts in the projects. You know, doing mm -hmm. what the nasty cops do. Mm -hmm. And he got he got three witnesses that were crackheads to say my uncle did it. To say that they see him running through the courtyard with the gun, with all this stuff. So. When they ran in my aunt's house, they claimed they found a black and red sweatsuit. That was supposed to be the sweatsuit that was worn. When they paraded my uncle in front of Charles Stewart in his hospital bed, he started crying. He said, yeah, my, yeah, that's the guy right there. Which he, Thank God it, that Charles Stewart. Which it would, could have been anybody that he would have said yes anybody to. Anybody. Anybody. He would have said it was them. Your uncle just happened to be the first one. Let me ask a question that, that, that might, you know, bring us up to actually what got you locked up. Because something that I'm curious about is once it was um, the truth was out about Charles Stewart being the one behind the murder, what then happened with your uncle, Willie Bennett? Oh. What was the reaction? Okay, so, so, when, so what happened was um, once the brother couldn't hold up, thankfully, and, the, you know, Charles Stewart jumped off the bridge and they had to admit that they just ruined lives at Mission Hill Projects. Um, my uncle, during that raid, supposedly they found evidence of a, um, a video store robbery in Brookline at the time. Mm -hmm. In the raid, during the raid in one of the houses, of, I don't know if it was my house or one of my aunt's house or even his girlfriend's house or his other girlfriend's house. But they found, supposedly found evidence of a video store robbery. So... Now, mind you, they just paraded my uncle as the prime suspect, all this, all that. So they did this to my uncle. They told my uncle, we won't give you life in jail as a career criminal if you plead guilty to the video store robbery and immunity from suing the Commonwealth. Now, my uncle, being the man that he is, he knows he's not going to do life in jail. He's like, fuck it, give me 12 to 20, and I'll plead guilty to the video store robbery, and I won't sue y'all. So mm -hmm. that's how that happened. Okay. So once that happened, and once the fucking town and the city of Boston was made a mockery of by this man, now they lock my uncle up for robbery. They tell him don't sue the Commonwealth, which my uncle never got a dime for that case. Not one dime. That's Still to this day. Wow. <laughs> Ruined his life. You mm. know, national TV, national news. National headlines. Yeah. National yeah. headlines. Yeah. Like inside editions and all that. So 
They told my uncle, not so much right. an apology, not that that would mean the shit. Not they even an apology. But not even, no. for the sake of formality, not even a, you know what, we in Boston Police Department want to apologize, okay, because, because, Joey, the part that, because, that, you know, I know our time is limited, and I want our listeners to understand what actually happened with you, because it seems like your family was a target as a result of, you know, them wanting to pin this on your uncle, um... I want to go ahead, I'm going to let you finish, but I just wanted to go ahead and highlight that. Um, well, go ahead, Joey, I'm going to let you finish, go No, you got it. You got the floor. I'm going to let you ask your questions, whatever you Nothing's off limits. I got till 9.30, so you got me. Don't worry about the time. We good. Oh, okay, okay, because I wanted to, you know, just make sure that I'm pointing out the fact that um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, guys. I'm over here trying to lead and talk at the same time, but I... <laughs> find this scene the morning star shooting scene is in the show what is it sunny city on the hill, city on the city hill, on the hill. which showtime. is on um stars showtime. showtime you have one minute left oh yeah i'm about to call back so yep don't, call don't, back don't, and then we'll get into that okay yep all right cuz the caller has hung up Sunny? I'm still here. Yeah. So while he's alive. Yeah, he's gonna call back. He'll he's able to call back. Okay. So <clears throat> like I said, you guys can totally go on um 
Showtime and watch City on the Hill. That scene is definitely in there. Do your Google. Episode two, guys. Episode two. All the information that we're talking about is very fucking real. And it is Boston's history. It's a disgusting history. That's him calling back. Hold on one second, guys. Hello. An inmate at Suffolk County Jail. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. This call is being recorded and is subject to being monitored. If this is an attorney-client conversation, please hang up and call 617 It's real. This is raw. This is the rawest (laughs) episode of Real Talk Boston. To refuse this free call, press 2. If you would like to pray, thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All right, cuz. Yeah, I was just telling the listeners how raw. I was just telling the listeners, you know, that they can find all of this information via Google. They can also, you know, watch the show. Like, all of this is in there. Like he said, you, it's nothing to hide. All this information is out there. But go ahead, cuz. Right. So, all right. So. I was in, this was in 1992. There was a party somewhere. A dude got killed in the party. You know, I was cool with the family. I mean, what the, the guy, I was cool with his friends. You know, he was from Van Pill at the time. And uh, we was cool with Van Pill. So I was actually at the party when he got shot through the window, hit in the head. He was dead. They had a funeral for him. Mind you, the funeral was going on. Everybody's outside talking. Some dudes come up. They have a problem with the dude. Like, they're like, what are you doing here? Oh, y'all disrespectful. A fight happens. Somebody starts shooting. Somebody starts shooting. (laughs) So the police wind up coming, chasing everybody. One of the dudes that was with the crew that came to disturb the funeral ran inside the funeral home. He happened to run up and down the house trying to get away. He got caught. Somebody stabbed him nine times. Um, so this happened in 92. So March of 1993, once again, Boston police kicking my front door. Boom. Like, what the fuck did I do now? Okay. They locked me up. Oh, you stabbed the dude in the funeral home. He was part of the shooting at the funeral home. Hold on. I didn't even do, did I stab him or did I shoot? Which one was I doing? So they had paraded a whole bunch of people, like probably like 120, 130 people into the grand jury. That was a witness to all this. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I was part of the dudes that chased them into the funeral home, me and like five other dudes, and stabbed them up. Now, I had the actual dude who stabbed them saying I stabbed them up. Mm. The actual dude, listen, the actual dude that the police knew stabbed them, said two stabbed them. Mm. So the police said two, you stabbed them. <laughs> I said, what? My, my name is buzzing in the street, so I'm going back and forth with cases, beating cases. They can't pissed off. They already mad from the steward. That 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 set the tone for them to fuck with me all the way up into my life. Like, I mean, yep. when I tell you, listen, when I tell you from 15 years old, I've never been on the streets longer than one year. Not one year consistently have I been on the street. I always get arrested for some bullshit. So they locked me up for that. Now, I had an armed robbery case with my co-defendant, Tweet, rest in peace, and my man Chubbs. 
We had an armed robbery case. So in order for my man Tweet not to get 10 years, they tell us all three of us had to plead out in order for Tweet to get four to six years. I had to take three to five years for the armed robbery case. We cop out, we go upstate, we do three to five years. In the process of me doing the three to five years, the, 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 the Morning Star case is still going on. But the case is falling apart for them. It's falling apart. Shit ain't adding up. It ain't making sense. But here I am. I'm in the newspapers as the one who stabbed them and ran in the funeral and destroyed the funeral. And, oh, we can't have this in our community. And the churches are coming together. They're getting money to say that they need to change all this. They use it, too. As an example, yeah, you know, Willie Bennett's nephew from the Stewart case. Every time I get arrested, it becomes Willie Bennett's nephew. The male implicated is Uncle Willie Bennett in the Stewart case. They don't never do that. You know, so they, 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 they use that in their favor to make it look like I'm a monster. If you Google me, they make you look like I'm a monster. You know, mm -hmm. I'm just a cool-ass dude that don't take no shit, but whatever. So at the end of the day, that case happened. I go to jail for the armed robbery. Mind you, they got 150 people that went to the grand jury and said I stabbed this dude. Then two, three, or four, or five of them saying I returned fire with the dudes that was shooting. Like, which one is it? Which one did I do? Did I stab the dude? Did I chase him? First, they say I shot at the dudes that was returning fire. I was returning fire at the dudes that was shooting. Then I chased the dude into the church amongst the group of dudes. The dude gets stabbed nine times. The man, the code, I have four co-defendants. One of them was actually the dude who stabbed, so he pleads guilty. Did you know they had to give this dude a deal and try to have him say, I did it? Wow. And only because he knew, he, he knew that he couldn't lie on me. Right now, to this day, they never went in the newspapers. They never said apology on that. They just quietly, no cross. No cross means we can't take him to trial, but we're not going to dismiss this for him to sue us. Mm. So I said, okay, I accept no cross. No cross was for 20 years. So they was hoping for 20 years to find somebody that was going to motherfucking say, I did this. So that statute of limitation ran out in 2013 because mm. it happened in 93. So that's why I'm able to talk about this shit openly. Now, mm -hmm. that's one case that make the news, whatever the news, the hills, whatever this is acting like, the, this funeral home shit happened and all this. The, yeah, yeah, that's all based around that case. Right. So now you want to talk about the case that got me the time? Yes. It's not hard. I didn't even get or you got the paperwork. So, you know, I mean, I get a case for Grove Hall. I can't really talk about it because it's still pending, but are you got to find in the facts. You can put the memoranda up where everybody can see it. Mm -hmm. So, Mario, I get out from the, the Morning Star case. I get out in December 1995. December 1995. I go back to jail for like 60 days for riding a motorcycle. They said I was shooting at somebody on a motorcycle. I go to jail for 60 days for a whole bunch of traffic violations because they didn't find no gun and the victim didn't tell on me, supposedly. So I go to jail for driving without a license, running red lights, failure to stop the police. I take 60 days because they were trying to give me probation. I told them I go through 60 days in the house of correction. I'm not doing probation. So they lock my black ass up. I do 60 days. I get out the day of the Mike Tyson fight, which is November 8th. November 8th, I'm home. All of a sudden, January 3rd, is a shooting in Grove Hall that happens. I'm in Grove Hall, like everybody else is in Grove Hall, because that's a hangout spot. There's a shooting that happens. I don't know nothing about it. I don't give a fuck about the shit. I don't give a fuck. So then go to my current case, my murder case. 
that's five days later on January 9th, 1997. Mm. There's a fight inside of the club. Someone gets killed inside of the club. And what's the name of the club? What's the name of the club? And the name of the club was the Rose Club at the time. I think it's Macumba's now, but back then it was the Rose Club. Okay. So this man gets killed in front of 200 people, guys. 200 people witnessed this murder. The Boston police found one person to say two did it. Zero in on two. Mind you, I'm only home for 10 months now. I just did three years. I'm only home for 10 months. They lock me up January 16th, 1997. They kick in my door again. Gun is drawn. They do not come for me lightly. They kick in my door again. Oh, we got a murder, a murder arrest warrant for you. January 19, January 16th, 1997, I go to jail for murder. While I'm waiting for trial for the murder case, I get indicted for the Grove Hall shooting. While I'm waiting. Because two people walked in and said I was shooting in the street. These people lying. The police told these people, look, you know something. We're going to find out what you know. We're going to get it out of you. So now they put two cases together. They put the Grove Hall case together with the Rose Club case. So, of course, any jury back in 1997, juries are smart now because they have the ID channel and everything mm-hmm. else. But in 1997, none of this was going on. So you put two cases together and all they keep hearing is he was shooting over here and he was shooting over here and he's been shooting over here and he, he's been known for shooting people. Ain't no jury going to not believe that. They found my black ass guilty for murder, sends me to life in prison. Without any physical evidence. Without. Just an eyewitness. One person, one person said I killed the dude. Mind you, he already, before he went to trial, he said he lied. He told the police, yeah, somebody told me to say two did it. And they still took him to trial because he had open cases. 